Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Sean, uh, so nice to hear your voice. Uh, we've been away for uh, a couple weeks uh, in different places, and now we're back together. I did listen to the episode that you did without me uh, yeah. with uh, GCC, G- GNCC. GNCC, yeah. Uh, it was it was great. So, uh, but nice to hear your voice live and not. Over my uh, podcast feed. Yeah, we are uh, back together. We did release the mailbag episode, but we recorded that uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, We we released it last week, though, so we were back recording here on a Wednesday afternoon, the 24th of August, as we record this. And uh, we are going to delve into what's been going on in the world of curling, because that's been some, some news Maybe not major news, but news has been going on as curling is back and the events are starting to take place and things are happening. Scott, uh, are you prepared for the start of this curling season? I, th- I think so. I think so. I'm, I'm finding myself, you know, uh, a few events on TV. I'm, I'm like, oh, well, YouTube. Oh, maybe I could click that. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, okay, okay. Um, I'm over the heat, ready for some nice, crisp, cool autumn evenings and the start of another season. Uh, really looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, talk about some results that we already have. Uh, first up, the Mixed Doubles Summer Series. Uh, the first event of that, I believe it was the first event, taking place in St. Felicien, Quebec. The team of Chiel and Chiel beat uh, Saint-Georges and Aslan in the final. Some good teams were here in this event. The Desjardins were there. I made the playoffs. Jones and Lang, probably your biggest name team there. Uh, Martin Stewart were there as well. Uh, so not a bad field there in the mixed doubles summer Spiel, the first event, so congratulations to Chiel and Chiel. Uh, overseas, we had the Baden Masters. Congratulations to Stefan Wallstead. Beat Wooter, Scott. Uh, Wooter yeah. made the final. Yeah, it was a really good event for them. Uh, I think they came through um, Yannick Schwaller in the semifinals. Uh, yes, he did. yes, they did. Yeah, so uh, a lot of good teams there at this event, uh, especially for one so early in the season. So a pr- yeah. pretty good win and and pretty good finalist showing by uh, Vooter. Yes, uh, so congratulations to them. Uh, other teams in this field that made the playoffs, uh, Ross White was there. Joel Ray Turnaz made the playoffs. Corey Dropkin also made the playoffs after he beat up on uh, Nicholas Adin in one of the games uh, with the... Mm eight to two or something crazy. Uh, so a pretty good field over there. Uh, so congratulations to those teams. Uh, Colt Flash also in the field did not make the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, pretty pretty good field there for the Masters. And then the Euro Super Series, Daniela Jensch gets a win over Marianne Rorvik in that event. Uh, good job by 
the German squad. Uh, Stefania Constantini, also in this field, made the playoffs. Uh, but a big win there for Daniela Jentsch early in the season. Yeah, yeah, a pretty good field there too. None of the big top t- top teams that you'd uh, expect to see, but a lot of good ones. Uh, good Swiss teams are there. Um, Isabella Rana, uh, Constantini, as you mentioned, and uh, Beth Farmer and Rebecca Morrison from Scotland. So a pretty solid field. Yeah, so uh, that's what's going on around the world. We got some early results in. As we tend to say, uh, events in August aren't really necessarily our pretend to anything else i mean it's better to win them than to lose them but doesn't necessarily mean uh anything other than you won an event in august and uh to put it forward for our own personal game scott we always start in september and i say nothing before november 1st counts yeah it's all (laughs) all warm up right yeah it's not actually true in sort of the standings of it all but really, like I, I'm not going to get frustrated with myself until November if I miss a shot. Yeah, and even then, eh. yeah, and until the really until the point where you know one of the policies at the Ottawa where we play is that once it starts to snow and there's salt on the ground, you have to remove your shoes uh, before you head into the club. You know, once be- before shoe removal comes into place, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good way to look at it. I like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, another event that is scheduled to play, take place that we have talked about is the Points Bet Invitational. And we now have a full slate of teams as the fan vote was done this week. And uh, as we clearly discovered, there was absolutely no problem with the fan vote. Everybody loved it. It was a total success. Curling Canada has only received plaudits for the fan vote so no need to discuss anything else related to that but on the women's side team suzanne burt is in and very excitingly colleen jones is going to play that was announced that if they had made the event that colleen jones would come in as a spare so they're in the field on the men's side it is going to be greg smith and frankly no other team had a chance when greg smith uh, was on that list so scott uh, are you excited for those two and did you vote in the fan vote um i'm excited for this i don't know if i want to reveal who i voted for um (laughs) but uh james grattan was in the the vote too and he was uh, in second place to greg smith uh for the hometown connection there for the event in fredericton um I'm excited to see Suzanne Burt. We always talk about uh, putting Suzanne Burt on TV more because she'll just score points and play sort of a no-holds-barred game. So uh, probably a good choice on that side too. Yeah, and uh, they'll be going up against a great move here, TSN currently. I don't know if this is trolling or not, but they have changed Team Home to Team Flurry uh, on the schedule, uh, which... uh, (laughs) Very nice uh, by TSN currently. So now we have the full fields. We also have the matchups for the first round of this single elimination event. And uh, TSN currently is calling it the Sweep 16. And I will uh, boo them for that. I think that's too easy, too obvious. I don't care for that. Uh, but let's uh, <laughs> let's go through the matchup, Scott. And starting with your 116. That's going to be Carrie Anderson against Tracy LaRock. If you're not familiar with Tracy LaRock, she is the defending Canadian club champion. They get an invite here to this event. Scott, this is a betting event. So 
What is the over-under on the number of points that Team LaRock scores against Kerry Anderson? Ooh, it's it's got to be uh, over-under one and a half. I think that's, yeah. uh, that's the sweet spot, right? I, I agree. I, I think they'll get one with the hammer at some point, right? You'd have to think, right, it, that they'd get one with the hammer and... Um, this is like a straight winning losing situation. There's no incentive to stay on the ice uh, for too long. They're eight end games, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I could, I could see this one being a uh, Velcro snaps at uh, six ends. And uh, if they, if they scored two points, I think that's pretty good. Pretty good uh, result. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? They get Your the classic same amount of money 16. For, they, they get the same amount of money for qualifying. doesn't matter how many hands they play. They're in the field. They get that check is going to clear. They'll be fine. And and this, I, I don't mean this. This isn't like a, a knock on Tracy LaRock and her team. It's just Carrie Anderson is very, very good at curling. The only maybe chance that they would have is that it's early in the season. First game of an event. Uh, maybe something weird happens in the first end and they crack a big number, but you, you would be hard pressed to actually get me to say that that is uh, more than a, you know, 0.1% likelihood. Yeah. Yeah. But as we all know, they have a better chance of beating Carrie Anderson than anybody else on that day. Cause they're the only ones playing them. So true enough. True enough. All right. The, Number 215 matchup is Caitlin Laws against Emily Deshane. And Deshane is the reigning Canadian junior champion. They also get an invite here. This will be our first chance on TV to see the new look Caitlin Laws squad. Of course, with her moving into the skips position. Scott, I think this one has a chance to be more competitive than the Anderson LaRock game, but certainly you would lean towards Caitlin Laws here. Yeah, definitely a good chance for the the young junior team to get on the ice with, you know, a group of curlers like this uh, and maybe learn some stuff, uh, just be be around it, be around the TV. Uh, I think it's pretty, pretty fun. But Sean, why don't we, in the order that we're going to talk about them, why don't we stay on the Wednesday 2 p.m. side of the bracket Okay. Uh, because we've, we've gone all the way to the other side. So like uh, okay. Caitlin Laws and Carrie Anderson, they can only meet in the finals. Yes. Okay. So, so if we go like go... this way. Okay. Yeah, so I want to go by quadrants. Kelsey... All right. So Kelsey Rock against Christina Black. That is your 8-9 matchup then. Uh, so yeah. let's go there. Uh, so obviously Christina Black uh, has been around for a few years. She's been in a couple of Scotties. Kelsey Rock has had some success out of Alberta. This seems right as the 8-9 matchup, I think, Scott. I think so, yeah. I, I like both of these teams uh, as as sort of like that just step below uh, the top level teams. So uh, they, that's the tier that they're in, and it does seem right to me uh, for these two to play. Christina Black coming in as the number nine, uh, but she might have a little more home ice advantage, home ice support then will a team rock. So we'll see if that makes any difference either way. They're going to be in for a tough matchup in the next round against the number one seed Anderson. 
All right, moving down then the bracket. So that's the 512. That's Jennifer Jones against Andrea Kelly. Andrea Kelly, great run at the Scotties last year, bronze medalist. Weren't won this bid from the host committee. So this will be our first chance to see them with the new configuration that they have against Jennifer Jones. Obviously picking up the entirety of Mackenzie Zacharias's team. We don't know what the lineup will be for this event. They have not announced that yet. But two new look teams here, Scott, in the 512 matchup. Yeah, this will be really fun, uh, especially with the uh, the home team in Andrea Kelly playing against Jennifer Jones. Uh, you know, maybe we get some good crowd booing of, of Jones. Oh, you're a mercenary. Uh, you sold out uh, to go join this young, young guns team. Uh, who's, who's the import on that team? I guess Jennifer Jones was born in, in Manitoba, but uh, yeah. uh, because they have, Carly Burgess from Nova Scotia playing on that team. So you're right. We'll, we'll have to see what the lineup looks like, what it, how it shakes out for them. But uh, I'm, I'm excited to see the new new Brunswick team with Jill brothers in there. Yeah. Uh, should be fun. Should be a real good time. And I think Carly Burgess though moved to Manitoba for either school or just, I, I feel like I've, I've read that. Uh, uh, you know what? I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. So, uh, yeah, so a, a full on look there. And, and I don't know, can, in, in that scenario, wouldn't it be Mackenzie Zacharias, the team that sold out to go to like the old established player? I mean, she had to say yes. It was up to her. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't think they sold out, but in narratively, isn't that how it would work? Like if this was like mid 90s WWF then Jennifer Jones is Ted DiBiase and Mackenzie Zacharias is like Tatanka joining the corporation. Sorry, sorry, blank stare. That is an absolutely apt comparison if you're going narratively uh, and I will, I will not take any opposition to it. <laughs> All right, next matchup, team Chelsea Carey. Against team Selena Sturme. Sturme, of course, out of Alberta, hasn't quite been able to get over the hump at the women's level versus Chelsea Carey, who, of course, has gotten over the hump. A couple Scotties championships to her name. New look team there for Chelsea Carey this year. This should be a lot of fun in this matchup. Scott, what are your expectations? Um, I, I'm expecting the Chelsea Carey's team to, to come out and have a really good game. Uh, they made some news. I think we touched on it a bit that they brought Jamie Sinclair in as their yeah. super spare, so to speak. Uh, I, I did hear some pushback from Curling Canada on that, uh, claiming that Sinclair was not eligible for Curling Canada events because she had played in USA curling events too recently. Yeah. Uh, the, I think the pandemic threw a wrench into all the uh, the, those timelines. So we'll see how it uh, shakes out. I'm not sure if there's a final decision on anything. Uh, but anyway, it's an intriguing story. Uh, and Chelsea Carey's really good at curling and she picked up a really great team. So uh, they're going to be tough to beat. Selena Sturme's team, they're, they're going to be interesting in Alberta this year. Uh, so it'll be nice to get an early season look at them as well. 
Yeah, and uh, with respect to Jamie Sinclair, the uh, the thought that uh, residency rules and eligibility would be unclear, another sort of unfathomable development uh, here in uh, in 2022. <laughs> so we'll have to see how that one plays out. Apparently, by WCF standards, uh, she's good to play for Canada, but yeah. not for curling Canada. So there is uh, some issues to be ironed out there for sure. And and you know Chelsea Carey, more so on the mixed doubles side. Uh, that I think purely on the women's side, but Chelsea Carey has certainly made her thoughts known about some issues within Curling Canada. Uh, you know, the, the governance of Curling Canada, she has been critical of uh, already. So this is, is certainly not going to help in that regard uh, moving forward. So we'll have to see how that one plays out. Uh, all right, now let's uh, move on to the 6-11 matchup. That's going to be Casey Scheidegger. First chance to see the great Kate Cameron on the ice with Casey Scheidegger. They're going up against Carrie Galusha, the number 11 seed, who will be coming down from the north. That's a long trip for Carrie Galusha to make if they're only going to play one game. So hopefully they play more than one game and make the trip a little more worthwhile. But Scott, this is, uh, I, th- I think, a matchup of two fan favorites. Yeah, it'll be really hard to for fans to pick one in this uh, in this matchup here. It's it's interesting because they're gonna the winner of this is gonna go on to play likely Team Holman now Flurry or Flurry Knee Holman. <laughs> we say that, um, yeah. uh, but I I sort of like whoever comes out of this this game to get some momentum under them. Uh, yeah, let's hope that Kerry Galusha can come down and put together a good game right away. They'll also uh, I believe they'll stay in the south to play a couple more spiels before going home so it won't be just one quick trip no. and like you say they they've earned the money the checks will clear so it yep. should be good yep they'll get that don't know if i can pick a winner there but. all right that's fair that's fair we're gonna have to at some point but uh, we won't make you do it today uh, <laughs> and as you say the winner of that game will play the winner of tracy flurry against Suzanne Burt. Of course, Suzanne Burt will have Colleen Jones with her on the ice. Tracy Fleury, of course, throwing third, but calling the game for Rachel Holman, who will be throwing last. Emma Miskew moving to the front end and already doing some Joanne Courtney-esque TikTok videos of, of working out, getting ready for everything the front end has to bring. So, Scott, uh, mm-hmm. this will be our first chance to see the new look team Holman. And I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on that game. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. We, I don't know if we talked about this, Sean, you weren't surprised by this announcement at all. eh? I was not. No, me neither. Uh, it seemed to be the only way that uh, Tracy Fleury on this team would make any sense yeah. uh, to take the load of calling the game off of Rachel. It seemed like that was, Maybe the thing holding them back the last couple of years, the mental strain of carrying the team and making the best shots while at the same t- time uh, working out all the strategies. So uh, we know she's got all the shots in her pocket uh, and this will likely make it a little easier to focus on making your shots without thinking about all the rest of the stuff that goes along with skipping. So uh, I-, I think this team is going to be a juggernaut and I, I like them to win. 
All right. Maybe even win the whole thing. There and then go. they're they're playing against uh Suzanne Burt's team, right? Yes. Where where is uh Colleen Jones gonna play? I don't think they announced that. Uh Colleen Jones is very funny on Twitter saying, Can I be the skipper? Even if I'm not the skipper, let me be the skipper. Can I skip, please? Like, <laughs> so, so I don't know where Colleen Jones will play. She has, of course, thrown second at some events uh, over the past few years. The last time she was in the Scottish, she was throwing the second stone and holding the broom for Marianne Arsenault. So I mm-hmm. would probably think it'd be a similar arrangement that she would throw a front-end stone but hold the broom for Suzanne Burt. Yeah, that makes uh, makes the most sense. So we'll have to see how uh, how that one plays out, but uh, but yeah, and with respect to the lineup for Team Holman, I, to me the only question was whether or not Tracy would also throw last. Uh, you know, she, it was very clear when she joined the team that she wasn't brought in for her sweeping, and that's not me saying that; that's what she said uh, at the yeah. time. So you know, it's it, it was clear that Rachel Holman was going to be sweeping those first four stones. It was just a question of who would be throwing the fifth and sixth and the seventh and eighth. To me. Uh, that that was sort of the only question. They've worked it out that uh, Rachel will throw the last ones. For now, of course, uh, we saw with the McCruthers situation at the start of the last quad that these things are very fluid early on in a quad cycle. So yeah, and and they that. announced they announced that would be their lineup to start the year, not necessarily yeah. going forward. Yep, as uh, as they say all the time in basketball, it's not who starts that's important; it's uh, who ends. So uh, we'll see how the season ends for them and what the lineup is when we get to the uh, the big money events at the end of the year. For sure. All right, and the last matchup that we haven't talked about yet is the seven ten on the women's side. That is Holly Duncan against Penny Barker. A really fun matchup here about uh, two teams, uh, two skips that have played in Scotties. Uh, but maybe not the most householdy names in the field. And one of them is going to win $3,000 and make it into the quarterfinal. Yeah, uh, this is very similar matchup to the 8-9, right? This feels right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Team Duncan had a great year last year. Yeah, so uh, this this will be a fun matchup. Again, two teams that are two skips that uh, have been around and they, they can play well. Uh, so it should be an entertaining game. Uh, if nothing else, but I'd be very surprised if it's the TV game, Scott. That's that's probably a fair a fair assumption that it won't be. Yeah. All right, now let's uh, shift over to the men's side. Let's start with the number one seed. That is Brad Gushu. He'll be taking on Nick Deagle, the Canadian club champion. Scott. One and a half, I don't know, uh, four points for Mr. Deagle in this match. Uh, we'll have to see. You know, this this will be a good chance for Nick Deagle and his team to meet Brad Gushu if they haven't already. So that'll be fun. Yeah, get a nice photo op there, you know. Yeah, maybe maybe ask him to bring his gold medal uh, or his bronze medal. You can touch yeah. them or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, It's nice to have that opportunity for them right yeah yeah it's got to be nice got to be nice i i I think that'll be fun yeah uh very very exciting opportunity for nick deagle and his squad and again you know check's gonna cash you know yep so uh and they'll probably get tickets to the rest of the event they can watch it all 
yeah, that it's no, no, nothing to sneeze at there. No. All right, uh, let's move on then to the eight nine matchup. A couple new look teams of people who kind of used to play together. Uh, a bit of a, a weird matchup here. John Epping is going to be playing Mike McEwen. Uh, Mike McEwen, of course, one of the last teams to announce their lineup. This came out in early August. It's going to be Mike McEwen playing with Ryan Fry, Jonathan Buke at second, Brent Lang playing at the lead position. Uh, interesting lineup here. McEwen and Fry apparently have talked for years about wanting to play each other, joked around, came in, and it finally worked out for them. I was a little surprised at this lineup, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, but once the other announcement was made in terms of where uh, Horgan was playing and as a result where mm-hmm. Colin Hodgson was playing, this made a lot more sense. Uh, but Scott, a couple uh, interesting lineups here for this game. Yeah, this will be really fun to watch. Uh, and it's uh, it's going to be an all-Ontario matchup with uh, Mike McEwen shifting over to Ontario. Uh, team Epping, as you mentioned, has a bit of a new look. Uh, Pat Jansen and Scott Chadwick have joined up. Uh, Scott Chadwick used to play with uh, Scott McDonald, I believe. So, yeah, it'll be... Uh, Maybe some kind of preview of what we're, we'll see in the Ontario Tankard. Uh, there'll yeah. be two of the two of the favorites for this event, uh, as well as a team Horgan, as you mentioned earlier. So, uh, curling in Ontario, uh, looking pretty on the rise. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, all that uh, and, and sort of how. Glenn Howard fits into that once we get to it. And yeah, Mike McEwen out of Ontario will be a little weird to get used to, but uh, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move and on it- to an all-Manitoba matchup. Number five, number 12, that's Reed Carruthers, his new-look squad. He gets back into the skips position. He'll be taking on Braden Calvert, who in the last cycle was a young up-and-coming team almost ready to be on the verge. It'd be very interesting to see what this quad brings for Braden Calvert and his squad, but he's going to start it off with a match against Reed Carruthers. Yeah, it's a new look Carruthers team, as you mentioned, uh, joining forces with uh, the Gunner, uh, Jason Gunlickson and uh, Derek Semigalski and Connor Negevin. So sort of a merging of those two teams with two players from each. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see how that uh, dynamic works between him and and Gunner. Uh, it, it, yeah. We always liked the way that Reed sort of kept uh, Mike McEwen in check and was the balancing between the front end and the back end. So we'll see how the dynamic works out on this new team. Uh, but they should be pretty fun to watch. Uh, team with Jason Gunlickson throwing, you know, four second peels is always fun to watch. <laughs> Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be an interesting dynamic to watch over the course of the season. Another interesting dynamic to watch over the course of the season comes in the 4-13 matchup. The new look, Kevin Cooey team picked up the young guns of Tyler Tardy and, of course, the former team botcher front end in Carrick Martin and Brad Thiessen. He'll be taking on Jack Smeltzer, the host committee selected team, 
which I'm sure James Grattan was like, what did I do to the host's committee selection uh, group? Uh, who did I offend there? But it'll be nice, uh, similar to Nick Deagle, Jack Smeltzer, cool opportunity for them to come out and play, uh, obviously, a top-level skip uh, with some wonderful young players as well. Cool opportunity for them to, uh, to get some run on arena ice in a TV environment. Uh, so it should be a, a wonderful opportunity, wonderful experience for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It should be pretty good for them. Uh, we'll see the new look Kevin Cooey. We know the last time he changed his team, they struggled at the beginning uh, of their quad. So we'll see if they come out. I, I don't think they'll struggle against uh, this team, but we'll see how the event sort of unfolds for them. All right, let's move to the other half of the bracket, the 6-11 matchup. It's Ontario against Quebec. Glenn Howard, his team, of course, staying together until the point that they decide to put Glenn on an ice flow and just leave him to perish, going up against Felix Asselin. This is, of course, the former team Fournier. We saw last year uh, that they had announced that uh, Mike was leaving, but then Mike came back. And Felix was skipping and throwing last year in the season. Uh, but now this is the lineup that was intended after the pre-trials when uh, Mike was supposed to leave. And, and this is now what we will see with a Felix skipping, throwing last. And a big step up here for Felix. Uh, he, of course, has had great success with Laurie St. George over on the mixed double side. This will be our first chance to really see him fully in charge of this team. And that's a, this is a nice matchup, I think, against Glenn Howard to kick off this event. Yeah, I think this will be a pretty fun matchup. Um, Sean, I was trying to find Felix Asselin's uh, team, and uh, their their Twitter was from 2014 with uh, <laughs> uh, with their, their junior team. So uh, I, I didn't find much there. But okay. uh, this this will be a good matchup uh, between these two central Canadian teams. All right. Uh, and the winner of that game will go up against the winner of the 3-14 matchup. That is going to be Matt Dunstone. First look at that new team with, of course, B.J. Newfeld, Colton Lott, and Ryan Harnden joining forces. They're going up against Greg Smith, who, if nothing else, you will know if he wins or loses the game uh, based off of his volume. Uh, or you could just watch the second round and uh, you will hear if he's on the ice or not. Uh, it's it's very easy to know when Greg Smith is out there playing. Uh, we love Greg Smith, uh, one of the more expressive players that we have in the game right now, a wonderful ambassador for the sport. I'll always love to see him out there and uh, not surprised, Scott, that he won the fan vote here. Yeah, not, not a real surprise there. He's very popular, you know, in the online community. And so with the voting being live online, I think he did have a bit of a built-in advantage. But, uh, you know, I guess any team can beat anyone on any given day. Uh, they'll, they'll be in tough against this new look Dunstone team that are going to be playing out of Manitoba this year. So another, another good team from Manitoba is nothing new. Uh, very true. Very true. Uh, and of course, Matt Dunstone leaving Saskatchewan means that Colton Flash and his team are very much the favorites for Saskatchewan heading into this new season. And they are the number seven seed here. They're taking on the number 10 team in Karsten Sturme, 
Karsten has come close in the Alberta playdowns the past couple of years into the playoffs, maybe maybe even a final in there. Uh, that team has been close. They, of course, did change it up a little bit over the course of the summer. But Karsten Sturme is probably, for me, Scott, the name to watch over this quad as the player who, on the men's side, has the chance to make the biggest leap from where he was. Now, it's going to be tough, of course, in Alberta with Botcher and Cooey still there. But I think, you know, he's taken his lumps over the past few years, which everyone has to as they come out of juniors and they've had he had success too at the University of Alberta at that level. And he's starting, it seemed to me, to get a little more momentum, being a little more competitive in these games. So as we head into this quad, that's a name for me to watch. Yeah, that's a good choice, Sean. Of course, uh, we might have said the same thing about Brendan Botcher. Uh, in 2018, right? Uh, and we we see how far him and his team were able to come uh, with his new squad here. Uh, that dynamic will be something to look at. We've sort of been scratching our heads thinking about how it's going to work. Uh, so it'll be nice to get uh, the first impression to see it uh, live. Yeah. All right. Uh, and the final matchup here is Brendan Botcher, the aforementioned Brendan Botcher, against Landon Rooney, the defending Canadian junior champion. I feel like Landon Rooney should be a soccer player's name, uh, but, you know, it works still, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that's a good point. Uh, it right? does sound like I, a I just player. hear, like, a British announcer being like, Landon Rooney with the strike. Like, you know, it just makes Rooney. sense in my head. Yeah. Well, it's just, <laughs> just because they had Rooney. So uh, Yeah, and there was Landon Donovan for a long time. Maybe that's why it's... That's the most famous shot. Rooney that I know is a soccer player. The most famous Landon I know is a soccer player. So I put them together uh, for Landon Rooney. But of course, he has had great success on the curling stage, winning the national championship at the junior level last year, going up against Brendan Botcher. First look at the new team, Botcher. And uh, I don't know. Is that the TV game? Maybe? Um, Probably, yeah. No, they're not going to put uh, the junior guy on tv it's going to be dunstone and uh greg smith yeah that's probably a good point because he did win a fan vote yeah yeah Yeah. and this one is the wednesday night uh the first night so yeah yeah that's what i think that's what i think we'll do all right so there you have it those are the 16 matchups across the men's and the women's field. Once we get closer to the event itself, we'll probably do a bit of a bracket-type challenge thing here and uh, and see who can win as we uh, get going with the picks again. I believe I won last season, Scott, uh, on, on our picks. Yes, I believe you did. I think we talked about it, but uh, let me just pull I, it up I real just, quick. I just, like to bring, I just like to bring it up organically when I can. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, if we're going to lose the bad beer bet every year, I got to hang my hat on something. And uh, that's what it is. Well, that's not right. That was 2019 20. Um, I won that. I won that one too. <laughs> you did win that one. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, we'll, anyway, uh, we'll it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. I'm on a winning streak. That's all. That, like, come on. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> elsewhere, the last thing we wanted to talk about this week is Eve Muirhead deciding to step away from competitive curling. 
this was an announcement that maybe was unexpected, but not unexpected at the same time. Eve, of course, coming off a very successful season in 2021-2022. She has battled injuries over the years. Other members of the team had already mentioned or had already announced that they were going to step away. So it would have been a new team trying to rejig everything for Eve. And it, it, in her announcement, basically she said she didn't have it in her to put everything that she needed to into another quad. So she is leaving at the top of her game. When this happened, Scott, I tweeted that, you know, we always loved FU mode Eve, but drop the mic Eve was pretty great too in that announcement. So what was your takeaway from Eve Muirhead stepping away from curling? Yeah, that was pretty great uh, announcement, Sean. She is a, a legend. I remember watching her in 2010 at the Olympics in Vancouver, and that was sort of her coming out party on the on the stage. Um, she's not very old right now. I no. won't rule out that we might see her again, uh, especially if Scottish curling takes a bit of a step back on the world stage. Uh, they've got some good teams some good players to follow up, but uh, nobody of the the level of talent of Eve right now. So uh, I won't rule it out that it might not be the last we've seen of her, but if it is a brilliant career, uh, sure ballot hall of famer and uh, just hope she, you know, takes the time away and, and profits from it is able to, you know, do all the things she likes to do and uh, enjoys her life post curling. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully for her, uh, leaves behind quite a legacy. Eleven international championships, so that includes an Olympic gold medal, a world championship, a world mixed doubles championship, three Euros, a Euro mixed team championship, and four World Junior Championships for Eve Muirhead. A total of twenty-one international medals over the course of her career. Nothing to sneeze at there. That's for sure. That's for sure. And going out as the reigning European mixed doubles and Olympic champion. So uh, congratulations to her. Uh, we know she's done some TV work over in the UK. I put it out there, Scott. Uh, TSN has an empty seat. They have not announced who's in that seat. For as much as I think it should be a front-end player, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's like Three weeks a year. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to get tired of her saying, uh, "Oh, they just need to throw barrier weight here." Yeah, like, uh, just for that alone would be uh, would be dynamite. Yeah, and if one of the teams picks up somebody named Vicky, that would be a lot of fun too. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of fun. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, congratulations to Eve Muirhead, and we wish her all the best moving forward. But I'm sure she'll be around the sport for a while scott i think the question now is in terms of legacy i think maybe she's gone past rona as certainly modern scottish curling's greatest woman's skip if not greatest woman's player and i don't know scottish curling well enough the history of it to see how she would stack up overall with the david murdoch's of the world uh or or certainly people who predate that but in the olympic era she's got to be the best scottish player that we've seen yeah i I, yeah 
I, I don't yeah, think is that's doubt? Like, I don't know. Is there doubt? Like, is there any doubt in that? Nope. Not, not in my mind. Uh, maybe, maybe Hammy McMillan, but at sort of before the Olympics. And yeah. Uh, no, I think uh, she's the best, but maybe uh, the listeners have a different take. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think as we talk about it and think about it, yeah, the, the greatest Scottish player in the Olympic era. And I say that only because I don't know the pre Olympic era well enough to know if there's anybody who would, who would challenge her on that front, but yeah, she's won everything. Uh, and, and a lot of those things she's won multiple times. So uh, congratulations mm-hmm. on a wonderful career for Eve Muirhead and uh, anything else, Scott, in the world of curling that you wanted to touch. Well, on? I was, I was just going to say congratulations to us on another podcast done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good job by us. Uh, yeah. Wonderful, uh, wonderful experience. Uh, good to be back with you again, Scott. We'll be back again next week. So if you want to hear that, be sure to subscribe if you haven't yet. Hit the, the likes, the ratings, the comments, all that good stuff helps other people find the show, keeps us growing. You can also head on over to GameOfThronesPod.com. All of our past episodes are there under the episode tab. And of course, you can find the merch under the merch tab. T-shirts, hoodies, toque, all that good stuff. Uh, Scott, I think I'm going to order another hoodie, by the way, because uh, the two that I have are for like lounging. So they're oversized. So I don't feel mm. comfortable wearing them out and about. But I think... I want more of a, an out and about option. So I might buy one the size smaller so I can have my home hoodie and then my out and about one, you know? That's that's a perfectly legit thing to do, Sean. Uh, I, I applaud your efforts. Thank you. I appreciate you validating that. Uh, so uh, all proceeds from those go to the Sandra Schmirler Foundation and Food Banks Canada. We, of course, match those as we go along. And of course, you can follow along with everything we got going on. Game of Stones Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Game of Stones Podcast on Facebook. And you can find us Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com with all your thoughts or things that you might want to hear on the show. So with that, another week is done. Scott, uh, tomorrow night as we record this, Bronze medal game in softball. Uh, Do you like our chances of coming home with a little hardware? I do, Sean. I do. The the team we're playing against, we've beaten multiple times. And the whole squad is there this week. It's going to be... We have 12 players. We're we're missing one who's on vacation who left a few weeks ago. But uh, we're going to have 12 players, eight men, four women... The lineup symmetry is perfect. Uh, I'm really just loving it. Just loving it. So uh, I think we've got a good chance to not only win, but have a lot of fun doing it. Hopefully. And I have like half a bag of sunflower seeds left, and I go through about a half a bag a week. So last game, I'll sort of end with like a perfect round, empty bag of sunflower seeds. So, you know, we're going well here. Yeah, everything's going well. So, uh that's what we got going on. Hopefully you're having some fun out there as we approach the end of August and uh, look to turn the calendars to September and the start of a new curling season. We'll be along with you. So until we speak again, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.